What is up, everybody? It's JT Sports. I'm back at you guys again with episode six of the JT Sports podcast. And on this episode, we have my guy NMD TV on. We're going to be talking about various college football topics in this episode of the JT Sports podcast. We're going to be talking about Miami Hurricanes recruiting, Jamie Newman versus JT Daniels, and how good will LSU be this upcoming college football season? Can they possibly repeat? And be back-to-back national champions in college football. Okay, everybody. So, for the first segment, we're going to be talking about Miami Hurricanes football. And how they have been one of the hottest teams in college football in terms of the recruiting landscape. And we have my guy, NMD TV, on. What's going on, NMD TV? Oh, man. Uh, it's just a great time. It seems like we may get some college football. Thank you for coming on, man. So, Miami Hurricanes football, despite not having a lot of success last season, they're still finding ways to bring in very good recruits. And that is no shortage of anything surprising when you look at the fact that they brought in a five-star safety in James Williams. So, what's your thoughts on that? And a lot of people are really surprised at the success that Miami is having recruiting, even though Miami hasn't necessarily produced the best product on the field recently. But the thing with Miami is that despite not having great teams, Miami has always recruited very well. What what you think do you think that's well to say? Of a recruiting class only because you know uh, the retiring of 
Mark Rick, many Diaz had to come in quickly. He had to get people from the transfer portal. But since we've had many Diaz, look at on the field, things haven't been great. You know, look at the year, but the the off season with him recruiting within the transfer portal and recruiting high school kids to come to Miami has been top notch. Uh, you look at the pandemic. I think the pandemic helped out a lot. Uh, to be frank, uh, to be honest with you, last year's season ended terribly. You know, lost to Louisiana Tech, lost to uh, FIU, lost to Duke. But the pandemic gave Manny Diaz in the uh, coach staff uh, a chance to go out and get these players without the SEC schools really, you know, being able to travel and go in and get the guys, you know, lack of travel definitely played a part in it. But I always say this. I think the pandemic gave Miami an opportunity, but you got to credit the staff, Packy, Panda, Rump, uh, Manny Diaz, uh, Coach Baker, you gotta you gotta give them credit because they took advantage of the opportunity. The opportunity was there, and right now they're taking advantage of it. And recruiting wise, Miami's on top. Now we gotta see if they can translate that to on the field. Okay, man. So on to the next segment. All right, everybody. So. Another topic that I want to ask my guy, NMD TV, on is what are three players for the Miami Hurricanes football program this year that will break out for the Hurricanes this season in 
Jalen Knight is a guy that a lot of people should really think about, and uh, he can make big plays for Miami. Uh, and my last guy, uh, you know, coming into this year, you're going to hear the name uh, Gregory Russo, and you're going to hear mm-hmm. Quincy Rose. Uh, Gregory Russo, we all know what he did last year, sack after sack after sack. And what's crazy about that is he didn't even start the first four or five games. So you think about that, then you got Quincy Roche coming through the transfer portal, um, who had double-digit stats, uh, was the AAC Player of the Year. You like him. But um, I like Jafari Harvey. We've been seeing reports. He plays the defensive end position. I think a lot of focus is going to be on Gregory Russo and Quincy Roche. And when you're able to funnel in a guy like uh, Harvey, he's going to be able to do some grown-man type of things. So, uh, and I, I got I got one more too because this is my guy. A lot of people said he's too small. A lot of people said he's too short. But look out for the cornerback to Corey Couch. I really like that guy a lot. All right, everybody. So this is NMD TV on the line. Make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe and check out his channels. He has two YouTube channels. He has NMD TV Canes and he has his main channel, NMD TV. You guys make sure to go ahead and subscribe to both of those channels. The link to those will be down in the description and the YouTube comment section. And if you're listening to this on podcast format, then this will be in the show notes. So NMD TV. When we talk about Gregory Russo, is it fair to say that he has kind of already arrived? Because this is a guy who already has top 10 NFL projections on him, and he probably could declare as soon as next year's NFL draft. So, I mean, is it fair to say that he's kind of already arrived? Here's my thing to that. If he went to the NFL draft, I think he'd go first round. Um, I, I, I think he could go first top 10, top 15, but you never know what the scout, or you never know what coaches are thinking, so, but first round is something that I'm safe to say. Um, I, I gotta see it again. I gotta see it again because, here, here's my thing, he didn't start the first four games, I think a lot of people didn't have a lot of film on it, and uh, it's easy for people to say, well, it was a, he was a one-hit wonder. If he comes back, and he can be disruptive, and not just with that, but with pressures, with Taking, taking two or three guys to block him and let other players get sacked, I think then we can say he, uh, he is a wild. So I think it just depends on who you are. What I can tell you is he is a humble beast. That's why I call him. He's a guy that everybody talks about. He just puts in work, puts in grind, uh, a grind, and he lets it show on the field. And last year, he was unblockable. Was it a one-hit wonder? We'll find out this season. But I'll tell you one thing. We got some dogs. Miami has some dogs on that defensive line that if you do think you're just going to be able to block uh, Russo with two guys, there's going to be other guys that have opportunities. But I always say, if JT, you're, you're a football fanatic, you know this too. It's different when teams have a full offseason to watch film on you. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, they can kind of cook up some things. So we'll definitely see. I, I myself, I don't think it was a one-hit wonder. And I, I, I can understand that, too. And I tell people, a lot of people who like to say a team's going to have a full offseason to game plan for them, I normally say that, yeah, that may be true, but let's not act like the same player that they're going to be game planning from is going to be the same player from last year. Like, this guy could come back and be better. And like I told people, like, 
a good example of this, I tell people, a lot of people say the Ravens had a gimmicky offense last season. I say, look, just because defensive coordinators are game planning all off season for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense, just because you can game plan for it doesn't mean you're going to be able to stop it. So what is your expectations for Gregor Russo? Give us a realistic stat line that you can see Gregor Russo putting up this season. So, everybody, this is NMD TV. Once again, make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel, NMD TV and NMD TV Canes. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, make sure that you go ahead and click those show notes down below and go ahead and subscribe to him there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you go ahead in the comment section and description down below and subscribe to both of his channels. All right, NMD. So, let's switch conferences let's go to the sec east and georgia so a couple of days ago it has just been announced that jt daniels is going to be eligible to play right away now i don't know how the ncaa does these immediate transfer things or whatever the case is it seems like they just basically they close their eyes and they just spin the reel to determine who's going to be eligible to play and who's not going to be eligible to play so now you got Jamie Newman versus JT Daniels and Georgia. Who do you think is going to end up coming out on top in that quarterback battle? And do you even think there's a quarterback battle at all?
I don't think I've seen any high-profile players um, apply for a waiver and not get it. You know, I look at Shorter, the wide receiver from Penn State, who transferred to Florida. Uh, he's eligible. Lorenzo Lingard, he's eligible. Uh, and now you look at um, JT Daniels, he's going to be eligible. So I think they're kind of being lax because of the pandemic. And I think if you have a good lawyer, you can use the pandemic um, in your favor. But is there a quarterback battle? Heck, yes, the quarterback Daniels battle. And if I'm Debbie Newman, I am, I feel a little bit disrespected because let me tell you, Georgia fans have been wanting and pleading for a high-paying offense. And you know what uh, Kirby Smart did? He said, you know what, I'm going to deliver to you. I'm going to bring in Coach Matt Luke. I'm going to bring in Todd Munkin. Uh, I'm going to bring in other guys on a coaching staff that is good with the offense. I'm going to bring in Scott Cochran to help, uh, you know, bring him over from Alabama, uh, strength and conditioning, special teams. They did, they did all this stuff to make Georgia fans think they're going to a spread-like offense. You get your dual-threat quarterback from Wake Forest and J.B. Newman, a guy who, you know, uh, he has flashes. He's not perfect. He's not terrible. And I think when you put him in, that, in the room, the talent that Georgia has, they definitely can do some great things. And with this coaching staff, because they have a good coaching staff, um, I thought that, hey, Georgia can make some moves. And all of a sudden, you got J.T. Daniels from USC. Some people thought he would go to Tennessee. Some people thought he may stay at USC. Some people thought he would go to LSU. And he goes to Georgia. Remember, J.T. Daniels was a five-star recruit. Started against, uh, started for USC right off the bat. Got injured. Ended up losing his starting spot. And now he's at Georgia. This is a quarterback battle. Because I don't think... You come, you get immediately eligible if they didn't promise you something. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't know. And you know, Jamie Newman was already there. I, I bet Jamie Newman, they got him, they got coaches to put around him to fit his scheme and to fit the, the direction that Georgia's gonna go. I bet Jamie Newman was feeling good. And all of a sudden you bring JT Daniels in who can take the job. The thing with Jake the thing with when I look at uh, these two quarterbacks, I look at J.T. Daniels and Georgia fans are used to uh, Jake Fromm. Safe, but you got a great leader. You know what you're going to get. I tell you one thing, J.T. Daniels, this guy's a gunslinger. He's going to mm-hmm. throw the ball up. Maybe good, maybe bad, but he's going to play the rock. J.T. Newman, the dual threat quarterback who does have an army. He put up good numbers with the wide receivers to rock from Wake Forest. You have a battle here, and it's going to be up to Kirby Smart, Todd Munkin, to figure out who's going to be that quarterback. Yeah, man, I have to agree with you, even though I still do want to give the slight edge to Jamie Newman, just since he's been with the program a little bit a little bit while longer than JT Daniels. So I think he kind of knows the playbook a little bit more than JT Daniels. Not saying that JT Daniels can't catch up to Jamie Newman. But another thing with Jamie Newman is just that when you watch Jamie Newman, it's like this guy has a 
I've, it's like, if you're able to win at Wake Forest, Wake Forest isn't necessarily known for being a football school. If you're able to be successful at Wake Forest, I think that kind of has to be able to take you a little bit of a long way. Like, being able to win at Wake Forest is kind of the equivalent to being able to win at Duke with, like, Daniel Jones, for a good example. So, if you're able to win at a school like Wake Forest that has a significant amount of less talent than a school like Georgia, I think that's going to make you a little bit of a better player. Meanwhile, you look at a guy like JT Daniels, Although USC hasn't been able to recruit at what they've been able to recruit back in the early 2000s, they still have a pretty solid roster. They Most of their rosters combined with four-star and five-star guys. So you look at a guy like Jamie Newman, this is a guy who's been able to win with less at Wake Forest versus a guy in JT Daniels who has been able to win with way more. And if you ask me... Who would you rather prefer? Would you rather prefer the guy who has been able to win more with less or the guy who hasn't really been able to have a lot of success with more? And I kind of would have to go with Jamie Newman. Yeah, man. So, now, let's talk about the ACC Conference. Now, I know we talked about the Miami Hurricanes for a good bit on this episode of the podcast, but let's dive into the whole entire conference. So, when you look at the ACC, the ACC has basically been Clemson and everybody else for the past few years, and it hasn't even been closed. Well, this year, NMDTV, what team in the ACC do you think has the best shot at beating Clemson. And you can also include Notre Dame because it are it is rumors and reports that are coming out that are saying that Notre Dame may be part of the ACC for just this season. So you can include them if you want to. But who do you think has the best chance to beat Clemson? Man, well, right now, let's, let's definitely look at the candidates in my eyes. First of all, I do want to state that I think it's Clemson and everybody else. You know, you got to give the respect that Clemson uh, deserves. They've been winning the ACC. It hasn't been close. Um, so everybody's trying to kiss up to them. But you want to look at the names that people are talking about? Uh, North Carolina, Mac Brown, Sam mm-hmm. Howe, uh, Daz Newsom. These are guys that uh, a lot of people are excited about and they think North Carolina can take the step in. They almost beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. They almost beat Clemson. So, you know, that's
Pat Narduzzi can do as a defensive, uh, as a defensive mind. So I like Pittsburgh as my wild card. Of, uh, but right now, man, the best candidate I think is it, it, for the taking. I mean, I hate to come on here and not give a definitive answer because you know I uh, I like to stand by what I mean and I love to throw out takes, whether they're cold takes or hot takes. But, but who can realistically say North Carolina? Because, you know, North Carolina, they did play Clemson tight, but they didn't have a great end of their season. You know what I'm saying? They, they're losing a couple that running back. Get them how it's going to get better. But, hey, then you look at Miami. You can say, well, Miami, you guys always say you're back. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, last year I was excited. I thought Miami uh, could challenge Clemson, and it didn't even get close to happening. In Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Pittsburgh hasn't done much in the ACC, but you can say that about North Carolina and Miami, too. So I think ACC is the class. Everybody behind them. It's, 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 you know, it's Notre Dame. I mean, we know about Notre Dame. I mean, uh, Brian Kelly, I love him. But when it gets tough, they falter. They're just the bottom line. Yep. If it's teams that's supposed to be, they're going to beat them. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know, man. But I can just tell you those are my candidates to, to challenge Clemson. Uh, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would say my end. Only because of this. De'Aaron King, I, I believe in college football, when you play somebody just one time, it comes down to who is the best player on the field. And I think Miami with De'Aaron King, De'Aaron King changes the game plan versus anybody because he can throw, he can run, and he just has that dynamic factor. So that's what I think. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take... UNC, I'm going to take North Carolina. Here's why. North Carolina played them extremely tight. And one thing about Clemson is that everybody talks about Trevor Lawrence. But when you look at what Trevor Lawrence did last year, I mean, he wasn't all that impressive, in my opinion. I mean, he was he was good at times, but, I mean, he was really inconsistent. Like, I don't know. It's just something about Trevor Lawrence last year. Like, his season was a little bit rocky. And I really like UNC because of Sam Howell. And a lot of people aren't really talking about Sam Howell like that. But this guy was phenomenal as a freshman. I mean, as a Miami Hurricane fan, what was it? The fourth and... Oh, I forgot. I know it was... Yep. Yep. I, rem- I remember that play. And Sam Howell, man, I think... When you when you look at what he did as a freshman last season, I think he's only going to be better going into this year. And I really like Mac Brown. I really like the coaching staff. And I think a dark horse has to be Miami. The thing with Miami is just that it all comes down to the coaches and can they get the most out of these players. Like I think Miami is a serious dark horse because when you look at a team in the ACC that can compete with Clemson from a talent standpoint, it most definitely is Miami. I mean. I don't think it's really any other team in the ACC that has more talent on their roster other than Clemson than Miami. Like, Miami recruits very well. Some people may say Florida State, but Florida State has a lot of holes they have to fill as well. And then another dark horse, I probably would say Notre Dame. But, I mean, Notre Dame, when they face against, like, elite elite competition, they kind of falter. And then... A real dark horse that I know a lot of people in the comment section and you may not agree with, but I want to say Virginia Tech. Like, when you look at what Virginia Tech was able to do last year, they surprised a lot of people. A lot of people were expecting Virginia Tech to not really be all that great, and they were able to assemble a very solid team. 
And they had a very good coaching clinic that they put on last year, and they surprised a lot of people. So I think Virginia Tech is a really deep sleeper. So, I mean, what what do you think about that list? to say that i think lsu does have a pretty good chance to repeat now i know they lost a lot but 
a lot of people, I think a lot of people like to call LSU's 2019 season a fluke because we're we're still unknown about LSU. Like we don't know if they're going to be able to replicate that success. And it's kind of like with Clemson. Like the year Clemson won the national championship with Deshaun Watson, and they lost a lot of people. Everybody was saying Clemson is never going to win another national championship again. And in college football, I think a lot of people have a hard time like admitting when a new team emerges in the championship picture. And Clemson was one of the more recent teams to kind of have that that label on them. A lot of people were saying that Clemson was going to be able to do anything after Deshaun Watson left and he got drafted by the Texans. And Clemson had to go out and they had to prove to a lot of people that they were able to become that national powerhouse. And I think that LSU can do that. And like when you have a great program, you're going to constantly lose great players. You're going to constantly lose coordinators. But I think the main part of that is being able to establish a good winning culture in that locker room. And that's something that I think LSU has kind of did, especially when you look at head coach Ed Orgeron. I mean, what he has done, what he has built in that LSU locker room is something special. And I know a couple of my friends have actually took a visit down to LSU recently, and they say the same thing. It's just a, it's just something different about LSU. Like, they just have a little bit something different. So, I mean, I do believe that they could repeat this year. Now, will they repeat? Probably not, but I do think that they have a pretty better chance than what most people are giving them to repeat as national champions. And I know Miles Brennan is supposed to be the guy who's supposed to step in for Joe Burrow, but I mean, they don't need Miles Brennan to be Joe Burrow. I mean, if they could just get half of Joe Burrow out of Miles Brennan, I think that'd be great. Then, like you said, you got Terrence Marshall, you got Jamar Chase, who is considered to be the best wide receiver going into the 2021 NFL draft at this point. So, I mean, they have the talent, man. And I mean, like a lot of people forget, like, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, teams that are constantly in the national championship picture, they're always losing great players year in and year out, but they always have five and four-star guys who are able to come in and fill those shoes, man. So, I mean, I think LSU could repeat. Will they repeat? Like you said, I'm going to say no, but I'm not counting them out. Yeah, man. So everybody, this is my guy, NMD TV, man. I've known NMD TV for a while. And 
make sure that you guys go ahead and check out his channel make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to nmd tv canes and nmd tv the link to those will be down in the comment section and description down below if you're watching this on youtube and if you're listening to this on the podcast you guys can make sure to go ahead and follow those in the show notes also make sure to follow his twitters as well those will be down in the description and the show notes as well nmd tv man thanks for coming on man